bless. Bless us today. Bless your holy name. Oh Lord, we thank you for another day. And we invite you now to come with us to the New Testament Gospel of Matthew. New Testament Gospel of Matthew. This day is about the baptism of the Lord. And so let's go to this familiar scripture found in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 3. Chapter 3, chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. And if you're able, we invite you to stand out of reverence for God's holy word. So listen now, listen for the word of the Lord. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you, Jesus, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Simply, this is not about us, John. It's about God. <laughs> then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and a lightning on him. And a voice, a voice from heaven said, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The word of God for the people of God, thanks be to God, you may be seated. And my beloved, won't you pray with and for me now? Oh Lord, as I come, I ask that you consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope and, oh, Lord, my will be lost in thy will. Lord, I pray a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit this day. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us today. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 
How many of you grew up hearing a song? I, 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 I forget that many of you are younger. But there's a song that back in the day, when I talk back in the day, I'm talking way back in the day. And the elders would sing it. And the words were, oh, when I come to the end of my journey, weary of life, and the battle is won, carrying the staff and the cross of redemption, he'll understand, and he'll say, well done. Well done. Look at someone and say, I want to hear him say, well done. Well done. My beloved, today our our gospel message comes to help us understand what it means, even what it looks like to please God. For we will never hear God say, well done, until we've pleased him. You know, we talk a lot about pleasing people when we need to be talking about pleasing God. Somebody say amen. In the midst of all of this political turmoil, have you seen what's happening in Mexico? Come on in. Pray for Mexico. All the record-breaking weather reports. Have you seen what's happening across the world and our country? God is speaking. And all the crazy things happening in our world today. We want to establish the fact in the midst of all of this that it is possible and it's time. It's time. It's time to please God. Oh, listen to me. God will never be left on the back burner. God will never be ignored. God is a God of both grace, mercy, and judgment. And so the question today is this. Is God pleased? with you and me today. And it's important to know that it is possible for us, beloved, to please God. But what some tend to overlook is this. They tend to overlook that it is possible to please God. And it's also possible to displease God. But we are here, we're here today to learn how we can please God because our purpose in this life as a Christian is to please God. The Bible tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and all other things will just fall into place. Can I get an amen? 
Beloved, you know what? In our gospel lesson, God says concerning Jesus, God says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. You know what? I want God to say that about me. This is my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. Isn't that what you want to hear? Well done, my good and faithful child. Well done. Well, our scripture today is going to teach us how to please God by looking at the example of the life of Jesus. See, God is so wonderful. He said, they don't seem to be getting it. They don't seem to be getting it. So I'm just going to go down in the form of myself as my son. Ooh, he's some kind of God. Isn't he? I'm going to show him. You know, we all need models, don't we? Our model is Jesus. So first of all, God was well pleased with Jesus because Jesus was committed to what God told Jesus to do. <laughs> his purpose in life, his, his calling, Jesus was committed to his assignment from God. And that's why when John tried to prevent Jesus from being baptized by him, saying, you know, I, I have need to be baptized by you, cousin, and you came to me. Jesus answered him, saying, let it be so, for it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Now, in other words, Jesus was saying, I'm, I am on the earth to do, therefore, what my father told me to do. And so, John, at this particular time and moment, I'm not listening to you. Beloved, and just like Jesus, all of us have a, a mission. Yeah, we do. We all have a, a purpose. A purpose in life. A, a calling. A gift. Not from people, but from God himself. It's a calling to commit ourselves to something in the world today. And if, if it's something we end up not doing, it may just not get done. The Bible says, let your light so shine before men, women, boys, and girls that they will see. Not think about, but you will model for them your good works and then give God glory. Oh, people ought to see Christians and say, I want that. I want to be like them. Are you, are you listening to Father God? Listen, listen. Child of God, all of us, I'm going to say it again, we have gifts. We have a mission. We have talent. We have a calling to do something for the upbuilding of God's kingdom here on this earth. God says if we made disciples, we make them for the transformation of the world. Can you think of a, another time when the world needs transformation as badly as it does today? Oh my God. So Jesus was clear 
about his mission on earth. And that was pleasing to God. You know, as an elder pastor in the church, my goal, my desire, my ambition is to finish the assignment God had given me so that my life would have given him glory. And so I admonish you to know God's mission and then do God's mission because that pleases God. Look at your neighbor and say, no excuses. And then secondly, God was well pleased with Jesus because Jesus was fearless. He was fearless with his faith in God. He was not ashamed to let people know who he served. He was not ashamed to show up at church when other people wouldn't. He was not ashamed to publicly Say what it was he loved the most and who it was he loved the most. Beloved, we must realize that the baptism of Jesus was not an ordinary baptism. No, it was actually the inauguration of his three-year journey from the Jordan to Calvary. And beloved, just like Jesus... We all have a mission, a purpose, a calling, a gift from God to commit ourselves. And that is what we must do. First, Jesus on his mission will be driven out. Hmm. He's being a Christian. <laughs> Jesus from his mission will be driven out to the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. Not by people, but by the Holy Spirit to engage in a boxing match with the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. It's time for us to be in a boxing match with the devil. Oh, devil, not today in Jesus' name. Oh, devil, not my family in Jesus' name. Oh, devil, leave my money alone in Jesus' name. Oh, devil, not my health in Jesus' name. Oh, God, give me holy boldness at a time when people need it most. He's going to go and have three years to train a motley group of 12 men and several women to change the world forever. And it's interesting to me, uh, as they have been saying to us, get you a team, it, it moves fast, but who models teamwork better than Jesus? And, and his team wasn't elected. Somebody help me up in here. His team was chosen by him. No pastor can pastor a church with another pastor's team. They don't like you when they get there. They talk about you. They don't want to support you. Because you haven't become their pastor yet. And so I always pray to God, God, give me a discernment about who to ask to help me in this ministry knowing that I cannot, like Jesus, do it alone. And so he picked people 
to follow, to follow him. Now, some people may not show up on the team, but some people are praying at home. <laughs> I remember one of the elder members of a church I pastor, and I keep saying that I haven't pastored that many, which is a good sign. If you ever want to pastor that been in 10 or 12 churches, that's not a good sign. And so I can remember in one of the churches that I pastored, this older lady, this elder like me now, who was sitting in the back, and she came up after church, and she said, Pastor, I'm so glad you're here, and I wish that I could do more. But I'm at an age, Pastor, where I just can't do the things that I used to do. But I'm glad you're here. I said, do you know what I need? How many times have you asked a pastor, what do you need? <laughs> she, I said, do you know what I need? She said, anything, pastor, what is it, what is it? I said, in the midst of all of these people who don't know me yet, who are casting all kind of bad energy my way, in the midst of all these people, I want to be able to look at you and see you smile at me. Just see you smile at me. She said, oh, I can do that. I can do that, Pastor. Then in Jesus' final days, Jesus is going to face persecution, trial, and crucifixion. All of it beginning with that baptism. And Jesus knew what he was getting himself into, but he went forth anyway. Say anyway. Because he was fearless in his faith. Jesus had a faith in God that could conquer anything. Oh, you got to have faith. Child of God, it's not always an easy thing to please God. Living for God is not always easy. You know, after all, we're human beings and our flesh, our flesh is weak. We think of what we want much more than we think of what God wants. <laughs> That's a weak flesh. An older person gave me this wisdom. Only the strong survive. Jesus was strong in the Lord. We cannot be weak in our faith in God. You know what is happening these three years with all the things that are going on? Don't think God's not in this. He's allowing it to happen. Some of it he might cause to have happened. Because these are testing times. Don't you know before Jesus comes back to get his own, he's got to know from you. You got to show him that you're faithful. You got to show him that you'll follow him through everything and in everything. You got to show him that he means more to you than you mean to yourself. These are testing times. 
And I think the thing that bothers me and other pastors today, because we worry about it and we talk about it, how the church seems to be failing the test. See, if you're not ready to go to the second grade, then they ain't going to keep you in the first grade. Not because they don't like you, but because you're not ready. God's like that. You think he's going to make people go to heaven? <laughs> if he did, heaven wouldn't be heaven. We talk about his cheap grace. God loves people. He don't hurt nobody. God, let me tell you about God. <laughs> Many of us may not have had a father, but the best thing a mother can have is a, a man in the house. <laughs> Glory to God. Because the best thing that keeps her unstressed is when she can say, wait till your daddy get home. That's right. God is a father to the highest level. He's a father. He chastises those whom he loves. If he loves you, he's going to chastise you so you can go to second grade, boo. I'm one of those. He will get me in two seconds. Bring me back in. Stay in the house. Go to the corner. One of my friends used to say, her grandmother would say, she was raised by a grandmother, grandmother would say, look, you know what you do? You go outside, sit in a chair, and study yourself. Study yourself. Are you pleasing God today? Are you looking for more adoration from your friends, so-called friends? Some, of, some people's friends end up killing them, don't they? God says, your faith must be strong and you must be fearless. Child of God is not always doing what we want to do. And it certainly isn't doing what we used to do. I mean, at my age, I made so many changes so fast to be where God is today. I wasn't even thinking, Lord, how come it got to be like this? How come they got to close the church down? How come you still expect us to have church in a new way? Oh, Lord, I didn't say none of that. I just said, God, help me. Help me, Lord, to do church in any form necessary to reach the people. Help me, Lord. No, I don't know how to do that. That's why I got some young people on the team. No, I don't know how to do that. That's why you sent me somebody who's technically breathing. No, I don't know how to do that, Lord. That's why you sent me people who would pray for me. Child of God, let me ask you this. Have there been times in your life Oh, God. 
Have there been times in your life when you were really tempted to do something that you knew was not the right thing to do? Now, the problem with that is many young people today just haven't been parented right. So we haven't taught them right from wrong. We haven't taught them do this and don't do that. And so they do whatever they want to do. But first, Jesus wants to know, have you ever really been tempted? Now, you can tell the truth and shame the devil, but I know as a human being that we all been tempted. Man, might not have been tempted to hurt somebody. But you know you don't need that piece of chocolate cake. I know, y'all, I know. You may not be tempted to go out with somebody. But in your loneliness, you're going to get on eHarmony and find somebody who's a serial killer. I don't know. See, in my life, I did end up dating the devil. At a time in my life when I, I needed some help, he come. All dressed up, fine, well-to-do, money and everything, he come. would send me flowers, would buy me things from Neiman Marcus and send them to the TV station, would take my kids shopping. Mother June, he was really, but he was a devil. <laughs> Just gonna tell you. A handsome devil. Oh yeah, he was, he was. I've been tempted. But Jesus, <laughs> he found a way to rescue me, oh, from the enemy. I learned a lesson. Everything that shine ain't gold. Don't judge a book by its cover. Don't be so desperate that Jesus is not more. than enough because we've done lots of things. You know when you wanted to fight or lie or slip out with somebody or gossip or cheat or be jealous of your neighbor, you know what I'm talking about. Well, the truth is that we who are Christians, we are not supposed to do some things. Why? Because we Christians. That's why. Listen, if you, are, if you are a real, shown off, bona fide Christian, your conscience, which is the Holy Spirit, will make you know it's wrong and then make you feel really bad that you fell for the okie doke. Ah, oh, some people can do anything they want. 
not feel nothing. They don't feel shame. They don't feel guilt. They don't feel sorrow. And they get away with it temporarily. Oh, but me and you? Me and you, boo, me and you. We can't stop thinking about how stupid we were, how weak we were, how ugly we were, and how low we went. So then, if you're a Christian, you start crying and asking God to forgive you. And that always pleases God. He knows we're not perfect. And he knows that we should be sorry and ask forgiveness for our sins. But because this is evidence that we are real Holy Spirit Christians. When we can cry and feel bad about it, it means you and I have God conscience. Do you know what they call people today who don't have a conscience? Can't feel guilt or nothing. You know what they call them? You know what they call them. Sociopaths. They ain't going to be in heaven. Ain't going to be nobody in heaven called a sociopath. Uh-uh. They may, I don't know, maybe they'll be between heaven and hell. I don't know what God will do. But he sure got to fix them up before they enter the gate. When your conscience, the Holy Spirit, talks to us, we need to listen because we want to please God. Therefore, we act like a Christian ought to act. We make apology. We try to fix it. Any problem we cause, we desire to mend the bad situation. We want to stop a bad habit. We want to change our wicked ways because it is our heart's desire to be and do better. Folks who are Christians who have not changed, they don't know God because God will never leave you the way he found you. He changes us so that we learn to give him glory. He protects us so that we know it was him and not us. He puts a hedge of protection around us that the enemy cannot penetrate to let us know if it had not been for him in our lives, we would be eaten up and spit out. Pleasing God with our actions means everything. Oh, sometimes, child of God, we must speak the truth when everybody else is quiet. Sometimes we must be ridiculed and talked about for doing the right thing. And to please God, we will willingly sacrifice anything to get closer to him. Oh, we might not win any popularity contest with people. Huh. When we fear it, fearless with about faith in God, oh no, it may be a lot of people who don't like us, but a lot of people didn't like Jesus. Do you really want to be like Jesus? Do you really want to go through some of the things that Jesus went through? That's what you got to go through to be like 
him over when we do what pleases God, when we act like Jesus, when we study God's word, we pray without ceasing, we give sacrificiously, we dream unreasonably, serve wholeheartedly, love unashamedly, walk and not get weary, believe undoubtingly, and live powerfully under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. God is pleased with you and with me. Hallelujah. And if God is pleased, that's more than enough for me because I want to hear God say, two words said, well done. And then God was pleased with Jesus because Jesus was humble in his walk. Now, humble doesn't mean that you're just weak and silly and will do anything People tell you to do, but Jesus did away with something. He, he modeled it for us. Jesus should have been the one really baptizing John instead of John baptizing Jesus. Because after all, Jesus was greater than John, and John was the lesser, and John knew that. Even John himself said, the one coming after me is mightier than I, the laces of whose shoes. I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose. And John was right. John was right. You got to know. When somebody is in charge and when God sent them to be. But Jesus did away with the protocol. This time, Jesus tossed aside the rules. This time, somebody asked me why. Oh, say it louder than that. So that he could demonstrate in an exceedingly preeminent way what true humility and submissiveness was all about. If Jesus can be baptized, who knew no sin, then I certainly need to be baptized like Jesus was. One of the most all-safe ways to identify a genuine disciple of Jesus Christ is by his or her humility and submissiveness, not before people, but before God. You know, I'm just shocked today. My, my, my spirit is just, oh, it's just, I, it's not just me, it's the preachers I talk to, too. It worries me that people can't do the simplest things that the Bible said do today. Simple. We talked about it last Sunday, saints. Say amen. That's in the Bible. That's, that's in the Bible. I used to go to other churches. I preached it. Um, many, many, many Anglo churches, white churches, and I would tell them from the get, now listen, I preach in the authentic African-American tradition, so there is something you need to do, even if you've never done it before. When you hear me say something that makes sense to you, and you, you hear it as the truth, you have to say amen. And then I'd go, can you say Amen. They say, amen. I say, listen, if you don't say amen to me, I will be here all day. They went, amen. <laughs> Worked every time. Worked every time. The Bible says, raise your hands in praise. I don't know why we can't do that. I, don't, I just don't know why we can't do that. Oh, Lord, the Bible says, 
touch not my anointed. Do my prophet, do my preacher no harm. I don't know why we can't do that. You see, God will punish a preacher twice as hard as he'll punish you, so you really ain't got to worry about the preacher. God got the preacher. Why do people do that? Some of the meanest people I have ever met in my life were in the church, at the conference level, at, 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 at the local level, at the world level, at all levels. Just mean. They at church every Sunday. Lord, they still mean. Dressed up every Sunday, wanting to be seen, and they forgot they got them. Somebody else is looking at them too. Walking up in here, thinking God ought to be proud of y'all. Your slip is hanging. Somebody walked up to me one Sunday and said, Pastor, I don't like your hair. I'm going to write a book about it, Jenny. I don't like your hair. Now, I'm a Christian. <laughs> so I know that I'm not supposed to get upset. Not supposed to get upset. Not let that bother me. But in the back, <laughs> in the back of my mind, I heard and you ain't even got no hair. I say, don't say it. It's not Christian. It's not Christian. I didn't say it, but oh, it came to me in my flesh. I don't have no hair on my head. Anyway, when you are filled, beloved, with the Holy Spirit and determined to please the Lord. You don't have to kiss up on people or demean yourself. You'll get respect from telling the truth because you have holy boldness. People say, how can you talk to people like that? You know, the other people, how can you? And they don't do nothing to you. They hear what you got to say. You make them cry. They pay you and invite you back. I ain't never seen nothing like it. Because I come with holy boldness, not with anger, but holy boldness. When you're doing what pleases God, you don't have to trip because God will go and open the door for you. And I do all of that. I fight all that flesh stuff. I, I try my best, Lord. You know I do. Sometimes I slip, but I'm sorry. Please help me not to. Because I want to hear God say, what? Well done. And then, and then lastly, you see, if you don't win a popularity contest with people, when we are fearless about our faith in God, oh, but when we do want to please God, we act like Jesus without apology. That's the evidence we have 
that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes, child of God, we must speak the truth when everybody else is quiet. Sometimes we have to be ridiculed and talked about for doing the right thing. And to please God, we're willing to sacrifice what we are really tempted to do sometimes that you and I know is not the right thing to do. Why? Because we are Christians. And so, first, Jesus was driven on his mission. He knew his mission. Then he had holy boldness. He knew God was with him. And Jesus says, in his humility, remember the last shall be first. Remember the person that humbles himself or herself shall be exalted. And then God was well pleased with Jesus because Jesus was open to the Holy Spirit. Now, it just shocks me that people get baptized, get brought into the church. We had a pool that one of my churches. They get dunked in the water. And they still come up without an anointing of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, who was God, received the Holy Spirit. All you have to be baptized by the Holy Spirit is just to receive him. The gospel, when Jesus ascends out of the Jordan River after being baptized by John, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God that sends on him in the form of a dove. And listen, one of the reasons Jesus became human was to show us how to depend upon the power of the Holy Spirit. It, you know, the only thing Jesus had to depend upon doing his surge on here on earth, the only power was the power of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus healed the sick, it was by the power of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus opened the eyes of the blind, it was by the power of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus fed the hungry, when Jesus saved the lost, when Jesus kept each and every one of us, it was all by the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid, church. Yeah, people scared of the Holy Spirit. I don't understand. They think it. Holy Spirit will make them do something they don't want to do. What they don't understand is they're already doing something that don't please God. And the only thing that can help them, the only person who can show up and do something about it is the Holy Spirit. We can't please God without the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. Spirit of the living God. That was one of my favorite songs when I was a teenager. You know, because we went to camp and to church when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. You had to be in church. Mm -hmm. You couldn't make no excuses. You might be out all night on Saturday, but you had to be in the pew on Sunday. Hangover or no hangover. 
sleepy or no sleepy, you be at the church house on Sunday. Now let me get this off of my Holy Ghost filled self, because what what's really bothering me today and what I've really been praying for and what so disappoints me is to see what people are doing in this season. First, church was shut down. People were at home. We set up virtual worship. Some people watched. Some people didn't. Because that's not the way they were accustomed to doing church. That's an F. Then... When some people started watching, last year, we had across the world about 13,000 people watching in Greece and Africa and all over the place, all over the world. I think that's about right. You know, Brother Clark sent me the, it, it, it up to my spirit because if I was looking at who was watching from here? They couldn't go to the trouble. And then they were watching a lot of other churches, and that's, that's phenomenal. I'm glad, I'm glad, but who you committed to? You can't be committed to everything you see. Who you committed to? Where's the church you joined? I'm just up now, what we know this year, the viewing has dropped around the world about 50%. So now my question is, oh, did you get tired? Where did you go? What are you doing? Because you're not, although the church doors opened, they opened, and you didn't come in. Now, I could understand if you are a senior citizen, but you know who is regularly coming to the pews today? All over the world, senior citizens. When I see a senior citizen come in in a wheelchair, there's nothing greater in all the world. Because we got young people with everything working and they can't take time to come to church either virtually or live. Where are you, middle-aged people? All the people that used to be leaders in the church that didn't know half of what you were doing in the first place, but God let you ride. Where are you, church? Where are you? Those of you who used to sit in the pews and show off. Love to be noticed. 
wanted your name called all the time. Where are you? I can't tell you how many have not called me to say, Pastor, how you doing? Have not called me to say, Pastor, does the church need anything? Where are you? And it would be all right if I knew you just weren't coming because you were afraid of getting sick. But that's not true. If I invite you to dinner, you'll show up. If you're invited to a party, you show up. Where are you? God is not pleased with you today. F. It's a test. And I don't care about your pride or your dignity and all that stuff, stuff. Some of you laying at home, you sick because you don't come to church. You go to the doctor's office. We'll mask you all up. We don't want you to take a chance. I'm 80. I don't want to take a chance. I don't want you hugging all over me, but I'm going to be at church. I'm going to be in God's house one way or the other. If I have to look on video, oh, get your children. Where they been? If you didn't watch, you should have set them in front of the TV. Where your children been? Where are you today? Not showing up? Not paying up? Not loving up? Who have your call to see if they need you to fix their equipment so they can watch the service at home? It's just upsetting my spirit that God would put me here to keep you straight and not tell you that I weep over you. Because this is the most serious time in my life and yours. Get yourself together. Say, God, forgive me for every Sunday that I didn't watch on TV. And forgive me for every Sunday that I could not dress up and go to church. Lord, forgive me if I stop going because I can't sing in the choir. You shut that down. Test, I'm telling you, it's a test. Forgive me, Lord, if I've been playing church. Forgive me. Have mercy on me. And in this new year, I know that you're not playing with me. And there must be things you see me do for me to call myself a Christian. 
Listen, if you're not going to be one and act like one, stop calling yourself that. God is a forgiving God. But if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll drop to your knees in sorrow, expecting the church to take care of you more than you take care of the church. That's what you want. Little babies whining, tripping out over every little thing. Tripping out because you don't come to church. Things are falling apart in your life because you don't come to church. It's time to show up. Stop talking and show up. We're living in the last days and you fail in the last test. God wants to save everybody. But people must see in times like these that we have an anointing. And those of us who are anointed, we come every week to get refilled of the anointing. We pray every day to have a refill of the anointing. And we say, anointing. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I can't do this without you. I can't do this without you. Every week, at my age, it gets just a, just a, little, just a little more challenging. But you have made a way for me. You have made a way for me when my body didn't want to, but my spirit did. Anointed. I need you now more than ever before because you told me when to quit. That's when I'm going to quit. Anointing. Help everything I do. Give you glory. Help everything I do. Give you glory. The power I thank Holy you Ghost, for the people you sent. Help me on this journey. Ah, because without them, none of this could be happening, Father God. We stay faithful. We've been faithful. Anointing. We need more of God, the Holy Spirit than we've ever needed before. We need your be anointing. Can't care. Lord, let it fall. They need the anointing. Let it fall on me. Oh, and let the power of I pray that God will anoint you with the power of the Holy Ghost. Anointing fall on me. I hope one day that when we meet him face to face, there are two words we want to hear. That you can't hear just doing nothing of what you want to do, but two words. And 
let it fall. Look at my daughter, my me and to let the power of Holy Ghost. Anointing fall, Join all these other things, sororities, fraternities, triple A. But you can't join church. I don't understand. I don't understand. And so we invite you to come. Be a part of the church of Jesus Christ. We invite you to give your offering many different ways. See, that's what God said. You got all these different ways. He, you know, God, he wants us so bad that he has provided so many different ways we can please him that we have no excuse. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. There's just the sin of wanting to please ourselves only. 
find a way to give. We thank those faithful Christians who have continued to give these last three years by mail or by any means possible. We thank you. So as we prepare to leave this holy worship, knowing that God chastises those whom he loves through the mouth of a preacher, Let the church say amen. Let the church.